0: Everyone, welcome to Money Speak, the show dedicated to helping you learn the language of money. I'm Mike Pruitt, certified financial planner with MBE Wealth Management, and joined by my colleague, as always, uh, Jason Henrik, our certified financial planner up in our Wausau office. Um, this is part two of our series on financial planning, and uh, we covered a lot of ground in the last show and uh, want to jump right in and keep on going. So how about we start with where financial planning kind of was birthed from and, and how the process has evolved?
1: I believe it was James Naismith uh, after he put the peach the peach bucket uh, on the backboard. Correct. In 1873 or whatever. Trivia there quiz. There it is. Answered correctly. James Naismith. When in doubt, James Naismith is always the right answer. Fair enough. I'll <laughs> keep that in mind if I'm ever on Jeopardy. <laughs>
0: I mean, th- th- this is the thing that's always, you know, even going through the CFP curriculum, right, back in the day, um, it's a long process, you oh, know? Not, not the training, the curriculum itself, but, but the, the six-step process that the CFP board has laid out. And I think that's kind of the, I don't know, would you agree that's kind of in our industry is is the, the benchmark for financial planning is the CFP board of standards? Yep.
1: Uh, it... They've simplified it now too, which was really interesting. Um, Why don't you, you want to break down what the six steps are for our listening audience? Yeah. I mean, it it makes logical
0: sense to go through it, uh, you know, how they do it. So, you know, it's the the first thing is just identifying goals, right? Number two is basically you're going to analyzing the course that you're on, Um, and starting to look at alternatives. The third part is just coming up with recommendations. Number four is actually giving those recommendations, right? So um, you think about some of this stuff is client to advisor, and some of it is advisor behind the scenes, right? So developing the recommendations, that's the advisor behind the scenes working on it. And then the presentation of those recommendations and alternatives, you know, obviously client to advisor meeting, and you can start to see as you go through this, now you got to implement the recommendations and then the monitoring. So when we talk about developing the plan and advisors taking two, three, four, five times to do meetings, well, you could see how that can add up real quick because you can't really get in one meeting. You can't analyze, select the goals, identify the course, and come up with alternatives. You're right. going to need multiple meetings just for that. Yep. So it's not hard to understand how this becomes very quickly a two to three step process. Um, Now, going back to that first one, you know, with the goals, this is to me where I see still a, we still have a long way to go in this profession in terms of identifying, helping clients identify goals. And that to me is the, one of the biggest flaws in the whole questionnaire approach is how many times have you seen the questionnaires, right? And there's a million different versions and it's, there's 20 different goals and it's, you know, rank this goal in importance one to five or, or, you know, blah, 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 blah. But there's never really any conversation about why, right? It's when somebody says, well, my, my number one goal is to get my child to college and, and a common response. And I hear this advertised and I hear financial advisors say this is well, why would you want to do that? You, you can, you know, you can borrow for college. You can't borrow for retirement, but it's like, if you dug under the surface a little bit more, what you might find out is that, you know, they were the first person to go to college in their family. And the only reason they made it into college was because grandma and grandpa saved for them. And then that was grandpa's dying wish to see the grandson go. You know what I mean? Like there, there may be compelling reasons why a person's goal is what it is. And I think we don't do a good enough job as planners really digging into what that goal is. So that's one of the things I encourage people to do is when you're starting to think about these goals, think about why that goal matters. Why do you want to retire at the age of 55? Is it just simply because you hate your job? Okay. So be it. Or is it because, you know, you have short, you have short life spans in your family and, and you feel like I might not make it to be 65. So I want 10 good years to do what I want to do in life. So, um, you ever run into situations like that where you, you, you start digging in and then you uncover some serious reasons why they have the goals they have.
1: Those are the most fun ones. Yeah. Right. I mean, let's, let's, let's be honest. Is It's when you hear, you know, I like to think that, um, part of our job is listening to their story, you know, and that sounds really silly in a lot of ways, you know, listen to somebody's story, but the the more I know about somebody, what makes them, you know, everything down to what motivates them. And those are the things that a help us do our job better, but B I'm, I'm, I'm a people person, right? So for me, the more I can know about somebody, the more I feel like I can help them. And so how many times I've sat there and and I've asked somebody, tell me your story. And huh? tell me your story. Tell me what got you from your date of birth to where you are now. Because a lot of times what happens in our past helps helps us frame our, our decisions in the future, right? So how did he get here? What brings you here? I want you to take me from your point of birth to this meeting right here. And no, I don't have to know about your fourth grade girlfriend. But I do want to know about the decisions your parents made, the decisions, you, you know, you made your ups, your downs, your lefts and your rights, because that helps me understand you, right? So it, that's my biggest thing. Tell me your story.
0: Right. Well, I think that just helps us you know, put together a better plan for clients. So, um, so like you said, now now the CFP board has condensed a few of these things down. Um, I think they just kind of, you know, recognized there's that there's a lot of overlap. Yeah, there there is. Yeah. Um, but technology too, right? Technology has definitely made things um easier. Yep. Um, and I think companies are starting to to kind of change processes, you know, as well. So, um, I know we've kind of taken it on our own as a company to modify our approach a little bit. Yep. Um, you want to spend some time talking about about that? I know you were you were instrumental in in kind of helping us develop this as a company. So why don't you take some time and really talk about our approach?
1: So our our financial planning process is is uh, agile and intel- intelligent management. Where where the circle doesn't ever end, and we talked about this before, right? Our job as financial planners is not to meet with somebody one time, make a financial plan, charge them a fee and say bye. So the first step in in, in our plan, I guess when we're first meeting with somebody, we call it our uncover and prioritize section. Understanding where you are, clarifying your goals, you know, getting your story and then prioritizing your concerns. So what are the things that worry you? What are the things that keep you up at night? Okay. From there, you know, the next part of the circle is You know, we'll analyze the data that you've presented to us, come up with and lay out the options, you know, so we'll develop our recommendations and then we're going to present them. And then we're going to design how to make those work most efficiently. Okay. In the take action section, we're going to present them to you. You know, we're going to figure out where we want to start. And here's why we do it that way. Because if we were to tell you, I need you to do 38 things by next week, Wednesday, how many of those things are going to get done? And that's probably the biggest issue with our industry right there. And that's and that's where I'm, I, I get very. If we were, if I were to sit down with somebody and I said, I said, here's what you got to do. I said, I'll tell you what. If you just uh, raise your contribution limits and then put an extra hundred and fifty dollars a month into your college fund and then you change your li- your life insurance policy and then you change your. Uh, your uh, auto policy, and oh, by the way, refinance your mortgage and uh, your kids are, are going to go, uh, you're going to save this amount of money for your kids and you've lost them. Right. They're gone. So we're going to select where to begin. What's most important on that list of goals for you? Where do you want us to start? And let's start there. And, you know, I I, I, I think about it this way when we when we're saying select where to begin. Um, I just sent out an email today because we're gonna try and have uh travel basketball this year my my sixth grade daughter plays uh, travel basketball and uh, I'm the coach for it uh, and they let me come back for another year uh surprisingly enough um but when we start talking about where do we begin so I, I think about like first practice we're talking about sixth graders here so we're not talking about you know high school kids that have been uh, you know around the block a number of times or adults or anything like that we're talking about sixth graders Our first practice, we're gonna learn. We're gonna remember how to dribble. We're gonna go over shooting motion. That's about it. That's it. Yeah. We're gonna select. We've 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 selected where to begin. Why? Because that is the most important piece. If you can't dribble and if you can't shoot, you're not gonna win much. You're not gonna become a better player. No matter how many shots you take, if you don't know how to properly shoot, you're not gonna become a good shooter. So we're gonna select where to begin and we're gonna implement those first steps. So we're going to take the most important piece to you. For a lot of people, you know what it's retirement planning. I mean, let's right. be honest. For most people, most people come to us. Their most, their number one is retirement planning. I want to retire in four years or eight years or twenty years or whatever that number is. So we're going to select that most important piece to them, and we're going to figure out how to make them uh, good at that part. Right? We're going to help them become really good at their version of shooting. And we're going to implement those steps. We're going to make sure we're going to stay on them. We're going to implement them. We're going to make sure that those jobs, that job that they work on there, 500 shots a day to get a better, to become a better shooter with the proper shooting form. Right. To give you your analogy. Yeah. The last step in that circle is review and adjust. So we're going to review our previous decisions, right? So whatever step that we just took, we're going to review it. We're going to make any changes that could, that, that maybe need to be made maybe maybe we told somebody as part of that retirement planning if you take your savings percentage from five percent to nine percent uh that will be helpful maybe that's maybe that's one of the little pieces that we did with their retirement planning and maybe they found out that nine percent is way too much they just can't they just can't pull it off how are we going to change that if we if we find out that we can't pull it off we're going to look at that and once again we're at a fork in the road now right okay okay Do we need to change that amount that you're saving? Do we need to change a retirement age? Or do we need to take a look, a, a deeper look at your expenses so you can make necessary expense changes to come up with that money? Now we're at, a, we're, at a, we're at a decision point. I'm not making the decision for you. I'm simply showing you the cause and effect of the decisions that you're making. Okay. So let's just say that we decide, you know what, we're going to stay at 9% and uh, I don't know, we're going to figure out how to come up with the extra couple of bucks a month. So we figure it out. From there, what we do is we move on to the next phase. You want to know what our next phase is, Mike?
0: Tell me, tell me.
1: We uncover and we and we prioritize. There, we understand where you are. Now we've already got a pretty good understanding. We've right. clarified those goals, right? And we prioritize what are your new concerns? What are the things that are bothering you now? And that meeting might be three months later. It might be six years, six months later, it might be a year, or it might be two years later. We you know the the, right. the key with financial planning is we're not necessarily having a monthly meeting where we're saying, boom, 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 boom. If we've accomplished a lot of your main, uh, your main concerns and your main goals in that first sets of meetings, now a lot of it is, is monitoring it, making sure that we're staying up to it, you know, up to date with it, making sure that things are getting done. And we're going to uncover your next, and we're going to find out with you what your next big thing that you want to accomplish is from a financial standing planning standpoint. And then we go around the circle again, and we're going to continue around that circle. That circle might be all done in four weeks, you know, in a, in a sense in developing a plan, but we're not going to try and do it all at the same time on the same day. Why? Because that means none of it will get done.
0: Right. And I think that's, you know, that's the, that's the different approach that we've taken from, you know, a lot of different firms. And obviously we're not the only ones out there that are doing it like this, but it's just kind of the old, you know, I think there's, there's two different approaches to this and and a big part of our podcast is always to educate people. So I, I guess that's one thing that I would point out too is we're happy to help, but by all means, it, following some of these steps, you can you can really develop your own as well. Um, you know, we've broken it down into kind of four areas, right? And and you referenced it earlier. You know, the concept of it that we've called it is AIM, which you know is just a, stands for Agile Intelligent Management. It's a mouthful, but in a nutshell, what it comes down to is. The concept of agile project management, which has been used in software development for a long, long time. And it's, it's, it sounds fancy, but it really, you see it in your everyday life. When you have an app on your phone, um, that app updates, right? Mm -hmm. Then a week and a half later, there's another update and it's version 2.0.6.3.1.5. Right. And, and they just keep making these small reiterations. So if, if, for those that are listening that are old to remember the days of loading CD ROMs into computers, this is really where the the software world kind of changed because the old approach was you want to load Microsoft office onto a computer. You had seven discs, you loaded them all on and then you hope for no bugs. You hope for no bugs. And a year later you loaded the next version on and now we're, you know, now we're, this concept of agile project management, which is get a good product out there and then keep modifying it, making it better and better and better. We've more or less taken that approach for financial planning and said, Hey, look, why don't we, instead of worrying about building a 120 page massive plan, uh, that takes us the next three months and we're buried in questionnaires and we're buried in time and meetings and we're tasking you with all these things. Let's, split it up. Let's figure out what are your goals. Let's prioritize them and let's tackle the most important ones first. And once that one's taken care of, we'll move on to the next one. And we'll just keep working our way through this. And then what ends up happening is it just becomes an ongoing process, right? Where as you're meeting, you're reviewing the plan, you know, once a year, you maybe you're reviewing the whole big picture plan and you're reevaluating those um, those goals and, and where you're at and, and reprioritizing. But ultimately, I think, and, and I do think you're going to see this kind of trending. You know, from an industry standpoint, is because of technology the ability to break these things up into smaller pieces, as opposed to what we see as one of the biggest impediments in getting a plan done is this massive, upfront, cumbersome approach. Yep. So um, I, I like the approach we take. Again, it's it, this isn't unique to us. In fact, the concept of, of agile financial planning isn't unique to us. Um, there are, uh, like like many things in our profession, there are plenty of brilliant financial planners and firms that came before us that have kind of laid the, the road for this. Um, and we've adopted it for our own way. But I think anybody listening can kind of build their own plan with the same process. Put down your goals, start prioritizing them, start laying out where you're at right now and coming up with a plan on how to get to where you want to be.
1: Right. Yep. You know, and, and for some people, I can't tell you how many times I've met with somebody oddly enough, what did they help one help with? They wanted to help with managing their debt. They came to me and they said, I can't save. I got no money just to, to where we're, we're spending it all on, you know, paying yeah. back bills or whatever else. So sometimes part of our job, that's financial planning. How do you right. want to pay down your bills? How do you want to get this thing paid off so that you can be free and clear? So you can start saving money. So someday you can start to envision a retirement and doing things with your family and doing other things because you know, some things have happened in the past.
0: Cash right. flow is the foundation of a lot of this, right? I mean, I think that's often overlooked. But just sitting down and building out that budget—I know everybody hates that B word, but that's the reality. Call it what you want to call it, but
1: yep, yep. Um, you know, it's it's and and for younger people, um, you know, I tell this story a lot. But I remember when when my wife and I first got married and started our little family, and you know, we were like every other—not um, like every other, but like a lot of other families out there—drop dead broke. Um, yeah and just trying to figure out um, how to get to a point where we could be comfortable and do the things that we wanted to do and save for the things that we wanted to save and et cetera, et cetera. We built our own financial plan.
0: Yeah.
1: You know, and trying to, um, you know, trying to budget and trying to do things like that and try to figure out where our money was going and how do we have it going to less places that we don't want it going. Right. And, you know, so it's important. It's, it's it's funny. It's like people say, you know, financial planning. Well, I did my own financial plan, you know, and you know we implemented our steps and we really did it. And you know, this was back in the day when full full fledged financial planning was a big thing. But we really did it step by step. Sure, and we looked at it and we said, how do we how do we start to grow from this this point that where we're at, and get this taken care of? Now we want to move on to this next thing. Now we really want to focus in on this. How do we build those good habits one by one? You know, laying the bricks, man. How do we lay well, let's let's talk about that you know let's talk about how how a person goes about you know again
0: we're, we're always happy to help but i think the number one goal of this show is, has always been to educate so yep. if it's something that you can figure out how to do on your own do it on your own so you know obviously the very first thing we talked about was goal setting and i think that's just it's important to have a conversation I, you know i wrote a blog here about a month or two back that's on our website about the conversation that a husband and wife can have and and how to actually talk about your goals um as a couple Um, Mm -hmm. if you don't have the partner involved uh it's an easier conversation right now you just kind of sitting there dreaming on your own but um so let's move past the goals because i think i think you touched on an important point when you talk about that budget and understanding that in the very beginning so you know you start figuring out your goals. How do you go about analyzing that data and, and really collecting the data? And what's what's important in your mind in that situation?
1: When I'm talking with a client, and if we're developing a budget, what I always say is, you know, whether you want to develop one with me or whether you want to develop one on your own, I can give you and I can give you steps on how to do so. The biggest key is to find out where you are, right? Find your starting point. I can't tell you how many times I've, I've talked with people when we've been talking about budgeting, And they are spending four times as much per month as what they expected at a restaurant. Now, not in the past seven months, let's all be honest here. (laughs) But in general, right? They're finding out, and there's plenty of sites out there. You can look hard enough. What is there? Mint has always been a big one. Uh, We have our own budgeting software that that we utilize with our client. But there's all kinds of budgeting software. Or you can go back and take an old school spreadsheet. Take an Excel spreadsheet one night. Go look at your last three months of uh, debit card statements or credit card statements or whatever it is that you use. Figure out where your money's going. There's your starting point. There's your, what we talked baseline before, right, Mike? Right. There's a baseline. There it is. Now, now, if you say that you're bringing in, let's just use nice round numbers and you're bringing in $5,000 a month, you know, after tax income. Okay. Your baseline is, man, I'm bringing in five grand a month and, man, I don't seem to be saving much. I only got, you know, 50 bucks a month going into my 401k. Well, you know, we've talked about it and, you know, that's obviously not going to get you where you want to get to. So you need to get that a little bit raised. Where's that other money going to? Here's your baseline. And they might realize, man, we're spending $600 a month at the restaurant. I've seen it easily, $700, $800, you know, on an income like that. We're spending far more than we should be at a restaurant. Or we're spending far more than we, than, we sh- than we ever thought we were on whatever else it is right whatever that thing is or things are all right do you need to do that what if you cut out one time a month at the restaurant what if you cut out one dinner what if you did this what if you did that what would that do and how would that affect you and once again I'm not telling somebody I'm not taking away their their car keys on a night that they, I'm not driving over to their house and taking away their car keys on the night they're about to head out to go eat but I'm helping them understand the ramifications of their decisions right so they can start to do it themselves or they can start to see, all right, where am I spending my money? Where and, and where is it not going because of that? And how can I change that? Just take a look at your past three months statements. Figure out where your money's going. That's a good place to start. Yeah. So,
0: you know, there's obviously in that situation, you know, like you said, mint. You know, spreadsheets—they're old school, but they still work great. I had um, so many
1: people that have come in with Excel spreadsheets. Yeah, and they look fantastic, and you can tell it's usually—it's yeah. it, funny—it's usually the husband that keeps it. Um, I don't know why we like spreadsheets as men so much, but we do. We love them. Um, I don't know. <laughs> we no love clue, them. But my um, wife makes fun of me all the time for it. So yeah, I mean, they bring them in, man. They've got it all written out. All right, let's go. You know, and yeah. we can start to evaluate that. Once again, I'm not—we're not telling people. Our job is to help. Our job is not to be the mom of the situation. Apologize right. for moms out there, to be the mom of the situation and say, no, you can't do that. All right. Here's here's the ramifications of it. You can continue down this path and the ramifications will continue to be the same. Or you can improve that situation to improve that situation, right? So, right. And that's
0: honestly that that's the hardest part. That's the biggest disconnect in kind of creating your own financial plan and we're having the professional planners, you know, and software comes into play is We have the technology that you can start putting all of this together and actually projecting. Versus, okay, here's my data in a spreadsheet. I know what I have. Here's my goals, and I know how I want to get there. Um, How do I make that work? You know, and and the comprehensive software that a lot of planners, including us, will use, actually give you that how to get there. Right? How to? How much do you need to be putting into a, a? 401k. How much are you, How much should you be putting in pre-tax? How much should you be putting in Roth dollars or, or after-tax? What's the impact of paying down your mortgage quicker as opposed to uh, shoveling extra cash away into you know an, a, a non-retirement investment account? All of those little questions is what the software helps people figure out. So you can build your own financial plan. And and there there's a lot of 401k plans out there now where you have a little bit of software inside there, so it can help you figure all that stuff out. So I think it kind of kind oh, of if you ever it. want me
1: to go off on a tangent. Ask me about what I feel how I feel about these retirement projections on a 401k oh,
0: in the software. Oh my gosh! Yeah. No, it's obviously it has its flaws. You know, <laughs> it, it, it can be a data in, you know, garbage in, garbage out type yep. of concept too. But again. It's a baseline. It's a place to start for people to start understanding what they need to be doing to build to build a plan and the importance of having a plan. Um, so, yeah, I guess you know, I'll we'll, we'll kind of put a bow on the show here because I, I do want to just you know finish it off and say you know I, I'm a firm believer that everybody needs a plan and it could be something as simple as you know, hey here's one or two things you can be doing at the age of 23 years old. And it doesn't require hiring a financial planner to help you figure that out. Um, but the opposite end of that spectrum is if you're somebody who's in retirement or, um, moving into retirement, if you don't have some, if you don't have a financial plan in place, I think you're, you're doing yourself a disservice. Uh, So whether you have a formal one created or whether you just kind of create one on your own, um, Having an investment account or a couple investment accounts and an asset allocation chart—that's um, not a financial plan. That's that's part of a plan and that's a good start, but there's a lot more to it. Yep. So, um, yeah. Final thoughts from you on the on the topic of financial planning.
1: You 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 know you and I have a little different saying with it. Is is you think that everybody needs a financial plan? I think that everybody already has has a financial plan. They they may just not know what it is yet. Yeah, that's you know, great great point. Um, and they may not know if we're doing it as efficiently as possible. You know, I'm a, I'm a big guy in efficiency. So that's, that's really where I try to look is how do we be as efficient as possible? Um, you know, with our, um, with our, you know, financial lives, if we can waste less dollars in one place, we can have more dollars maybe where we want it. Um, you know, but we've got to be able to evaluate that and see that first. And if we don't know what we're doing, you don't, what is it? You've, you've said this a number of times. You don't know what you don't know and uh, you know we all have a plan we just may not necessarily know the road we're heading down
0: good stuff man as always it's uh always good talking through this stuff with you um our our goal is we want to you know make people stop and think about what they're doing with their money If, if they don't understand something hopefully be a resource for them um you know if you've got questions or comments on this um find us on Facebook, you know, and and we're going to have this posted to our Facebook page, which is just MB Wealth Management. Um, You can ask questions there. Uh, Jason and I and and the other members of our team here at MB Wealth are always happy to help everybody. So um, yeah, appreciate everybody listening. And uh, I think our our next topic for people who want to tune in is going to be um, behavioral finance and how to start how to start retraining your brain to think like a better investor. So, um, I'm going to that. Yeah, that's going to be a fun one. So, um, yeah, thanks for joining us, everyone. Till next time, cheers.
1: Thank you, everyone.
0: Speak is hosted by MBE Wealth Management, a registered investment advisor. Views expressed in the show are of the hosts and guests only. Information contained in the show should not be considered investment advice, tax advice, or personal recommendations. Consult your financial or tax professional with questions. Advice may only be provided after entering into an advisory agreement with MBE Wealth Management.